Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clip and Roll. As always, I am your host, Justin Russo. And joining me tonight, I have a special guest. It's usually Tomer, but I kicked him to the side for a better looking and better sounding guest. Oh, wow. I am joined by Chuck Mockler of Locked On Clippers. Chuck, what's going on, baby? How you been? I've, I've been good. I would like to say off the bat that Tomer, I did not uh, sanction those strays. That's not happy to be here. I'm going to say that. I hope Tomer is doing well, too. Tomer's doing fine. He's uh, currently, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter uh, today. He seems where... to be going through it a bit. Yes, he is very much going through it. He struck out on the Kobe sneakers pass, and he then tweeted, quote, and she posted Coachella photos with her new man. This man is, uh, he's down horrendously. Yeah, not R.I.P. and peace to Tomer. Yeah, well. This man is. Uh, he'll get another ooh. pair of shoes or something, but yeah, hope he's doing good. <laughs> I hope he does at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all this man has left his shoes. At yeah, basically. Point. So. Prayers up for Tomer. Uh, Chuck, as I said, you're a co-host of Lockdown Clippers. Yep. You do it with Will Updike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys come at people five days a week. They do yep. not take days off. <laughs> they, they're uh, they're pretty sure uh, it's against Chuck's will at this point. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we're exhausted <laughs> over there. We're looking at Instagrams. We're looking at what players are trademarking to talk about. It's Yeah, it's a long off season. It is a very long off season. The last time I did a podcast, I did a solo pod and I previewed the playing game against Minnesota. Obviously they lost that game and then they lost the game against new Orleans. Sure. I've been taking some time off. I needed time off. I'm very <laughs> tired and I've been dealing with a back problem, which is whatever. But basically I asked Chuck to be on here because we need to talk about the off season. Oh, yeah. It's a very interesting off season for the Clippers. And basically there's key decisions to be made on free agents. There's key trade discussion that's going to be taking place over the next uh, couple months at this point. I'm going to say a couple weeks, but then I had to kind of remind right, myself. Actually, year, it's, yeah. it's a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's a couple months until the draft now, so there, there's some time to kill. Um, but let's start off with the Clippers' own free agents. Nick Batum um, has a player option for next year. I believe it's worth like $3.8 million, if, if I'm not mistaken, or $3.3 million, excuse me. And he's still getting the eight from Charlotte, so he's – He's getting like $8 million still aside from that player option, um, which I think will help him accept that player option. (laughs) Next season, which is 2022-23, he's due to make $8.9 million from Charlotte. It is the last year of the $27.1 million that Charlotte waived and stretched him. Right. So when you, for people who don't know, when you stretch a, when you waive and stretch a contract, you have to do it for the duration of the years left on the contract plus two years. He, it was his final year in Charlotte, hence one year plus two is three. So he gets $8.9 million next year. And that's the last year Charlotte has to pay him. So effectively, the last two years, Charlotte was paying him to play on the Clippers. Yes, a lot. And if anyone's, yeah, a lot of, if anyone's seen the movie Moneyball, it's kind of like when the New York Yankees were paying the Oakland Athletics to play David justice. Yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of all that. It's literally all that happened. It's like, you're paying someone else to have that problem, quote unquote problem. But, uh, so Batum gets 8.9 million next year. He has a $3.3 million player option. 
I personally think he's just going to decline the player option because I don't think there's a reason for him to pick it up because he can still earn at least that much money on a new contract. Uh, what the Clippers do have with him is early bird rights. It's what they had with Reggie Jackson last year when they re-signed Reggie to a two-year $21.6 million deal, which was the maximum allowable deal they could uh, re-sign him to. For Batum, they could sign him to two years, and I believe it comes out to $22.7 million. So if you just uh, take it... it, it <laughs> well, the first year would be $10.9 million. Okay. And if you add the $10.9 million from the Clippers and the $8.9 million from the Hornets, right, 18, this yeah, man would be making insane. $20 million. Do you think he's worth yeah. that full? Do you think he's worth two for 21? That seems like it might be an issue the second year mostly. I think it's an issue the second year, but I also think you don't worry about the second year until you get there. Because, well, next year for the Clippers is like they have to win. Right. It's I'm not saying it's the end of the window, but it's the best part of the window so far is what this roster is. Correct. And he's, and he's the one guy I wrote about this the other day. He's the one guy who has shown among the four guys that we're going to talk about who has shown he can play alongside both of the stars. Anybody. Now, he can play anybody the, on this Clippers team and he makes them better. And exactly. It's, like, it's incredible. And, and I don't mean that as like a, a slight against like Hartenstein or Covington or even Amir Coffey when we talked to, but we didn't see those guys play with Kawhi and PG. And last year, uh, 2020, 2021, he played 627 minutes alongside Kawhi and PG, which was the most of any other player. And they had a plus 15.9 net rating. So in other words, they were incredible. And I think that's the guy. <laughs> Priority number one is to re-sign Nick Batum. I think you just give him the two years, tw- almost $23 million, and just kind of just worry about year two when you get there. I mean, am I, am I, am I off base a bit? I don't know, because the way that this front office works is there's always kind of something seemingly up their sleeves or another avenue to to go to. So, Man, I I didn't realize that they could sign him for that much. But I think you have to do it, right? Like, if we're not going to go all in this upcoming season, when are we going to do it, right? Like, I I feel like just talking myself through this idea right now, you can't be excited about the trade the Clippers made for Kawhi and PG and then be like, well, maybe we should skimp on Nick Batum, right? Because... Yeah. We rely on Batum maybe too much defensively for what he does. Like we, he was a kind of visibly frustrated this year sometimes with some defensive rotations, mostly when he's playing uh, with the bench guys, which makes sense. But like, I don't think he wants to necessarily have those feelings at this point in his career on this team. Like he's like, I shouldn't have to be like sunning people <laughs> about what to do. So that's why I think next, like, I think they have to do it right. We need to bring, we need to run it back completely or make a trade in the next two weeks. And yet again with the Clippers, as we've always seen, like we saw with Kawhi this year, it was like the expectations are either Kawhi doesn't come back, maybe we lose in the first round, or Kawhi comes back and we go to Western Conference Finals. Like, this team only has extremes. And <laughs> to to keep the extreme up, we need to sign Batum to the most money, I guess, that we could sign him for. Because who were we replacing him with? Well, the I guess the key guy you replace him with is Robert Covington. But we need that depth. I, I don't like we we don't have this luxury. Yeah, that's of like, the thing too, right? <laughs> everyone's healthy. We're the hurt team. We're the hurt contender, which sucks. That, that <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. But you're right though. Like 
I, I don't think it's I don't think it should be an either or situation like oh we only bring back Batum or Covington. We need both. I think you so bring bad. back both. Yeah, exactly. You bring back both because then you maximize everything, and they can play with anybody. Like in the case of Covington, I know we just talked about Batum, but in the case of Covington, Covington, he was at the end of a four year deal that he signed originally in Philadelphia, then he got traded to Minnesota. Got traded to Portland. Wow, I forgot. Then it got was traded that to the Clippers. Trades. Damn. Yeah. So he he's he's been kind of all over. And it's the best team he's been on of any of those teams, <laughs> like by a <Right>. mile. <laughs> and, and and Covington's it's funny like Covington was the quintessential process guy. Oh like When the yeah. process started in Philadelphia, like he was there during the heyday of the process when it first started, <laughs> dealing with loss after loss. So you know, but he signed that four year deal. He finds his way long way in, in, into LA with the Clippers last year of his deal. And because it was, it was a, it was a deal for at least three years. The Clippers have his full bird rights. Right. So they can just resign Covington to quite literally any contract that he wants or they want, whatever. So they, they're already over the cap. There, there's no talking about how, Oh, if they get below the cap, no, it's no, that happening. doesn't they're matter. Yeah. That the cap is yeah. in the rear view mirror firmly. <laughs> and who cares? The, the, the cap quite literally does not exist in the Clippers at this yes, point. True. It's how high, can you, how high can you get over the cap to where it just absolutely does not matter? So anymore. what do you think Covington's contract looks like? Is that, cause we talked about unlocked on clips. Like I'm down with like two for like, maybe 20 with a team option on the second year or something like that. Like, I don't know what else, because he's not going over his current AAV of like 12 million a year or whatever it is. Like he's not getting that. So I don't think I wrote, I I wrote and I put it, I wrote this the other day and I put out some feelers. I wrote, I could see him getting three years, 40 million to 45 million, 15 million a year. I asked a couple people if they thought that was crazy I had one person tell me it's the thing that makes the most sense because in a league in which a lot of teams are not going to have cap space, right? but those teams are also under the luxury tax, they're going to get the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is like $10.4 million this year. Right. So you kind of have to beat that. You have to beat that That's rate true. in order to just re-sign him. Oh, that, so I don't, and plus, that stresses me out, man. Rocco, I love Rocco, but 15 15- million a year for three years is like but also who cares like if we need him so i I feel like it's funny like i'm gonna be annoyed by whatever deal they give either of these guys if it's too high but i'm also gonna what else are we supposed to do that's what's gonna happen is the clippers are gonna give these guys huge deals and people are gonna be like can you believe they signed so-and-so and it's like it's either that or try and get someone who hasn't played with this team and we need continuity so it always brings me back to the Marcus Morris and Luke Kennard deals. When those deals drop, people are like, what the hell are they doing? And it's yeah. like, well, actually, those those deals make a lot of sense. Man, paying Covington the same as Luke Kennard is crazy because it would be the same contract. <laughs> yeah, in theory, yeah. But at the same time, I'm, I, I, I think... I think it's palatable. I think I think it's okay. I don't think it's crazy. I think you need to bring him back, and I'm fine he's with so overpaying Rocco just to bring him back. Yeah, he's and like imagining. So we're talking about how great Batum and Rocco are. Imagine the small ball lineup or any lineup with like Reggie, PG, Kawhi, Rocco, um, Batum. That is 
everything that we want to see next year. <laughs> like, in terms of like pure this era of Clippers basketball, like this Ty Lue 2 1 3 era, that's what people want to see. And like that lineup is disgusting to think about in a playoff scenario. Yeah, they it's see, that's the thing too is to get to the height of where you want to be, like, like not not even just hypothetically, but like just in on the actual on the court sense. Yeah. I think you need to bring these guys back and I don't think it matters what you pay them if they're if they're overpaid. Yeah. Like technically overpaid. Yeah, and I don't care what any of the money happens either. It's Balmer's money. Like I don't give a shit about that. Um so like he should he, now that I'm in, he should pay more actually. Like <laughs> <laughs> he should pay us more. Yeah. That's what it's that's well, what it yeah. is. Yeah. Now my Balmer check hasn't come yet. Um no, I, I, it's like the IRS that hasn't dropped yet for some reason. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're just taking their time. Um, but also, like, w- when when discussing, like, Rocco and Nico, I, I kind of look at it like this. The best contracts to have in the NBA are those guys who make between, like, 10 to $16 million. You can move them. Because you can throw them in, you can throw them into, like, any deal. Yeah. And you, you could get, like, two of them will get you somebody. Or one of them will get you two guys back. Yeah. So I, I kind of look like it's okay to do this. I Yeah. The more we're talking about it, the more I'm just like, we have to. Because it's either this or we trade Morris and Luke. Or it's and we trade Morris and Luke for one $32 million player or whatever it is. Or a gigantic uh, defensive-minded French center. Plus like Terrence Mann or something in Zoo. Um, but like we just, we need to keep... We need to keep those veteran guys that we're talking about, Rocco and Batum, at those levels. And then, like, I think we can only, yeah, and then we just have to see what the front office does with Morris and Luke, who feel like everyone's just talking these trades into existence, it feels like. And it's so crazy to think about trading the best three-point shooter in the league from this year. But the, the value for Kennard is incredibly high. The value for Kennard is never going to be higher than this offseason, right? Like 45% on almost like just under 10 threes a game. And he makes $16 million. Like he makes, I think he makes less than Joe Harris. So if you're looking at all like the Joe Harris scale, he's like one and a half Joe Harris's. So the the value, I mean, like with his contract, the value. Joe, Joe Harai? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the value for Luke will never be higher than right now, I think. And I don't necessarily want to trade Luke, but if you can package him and Morris for, I don't know what, I, I think we have to do it before the season starts. Because we don't have any continuity to lose. Like there's no built-in continuity when it comes down to like, right? Like. Kawhi, PG, Morris, and Kennard have not played a whole bunch of basketball together. Um, and getting someone in who's maybe better than those two, maybe even just one guy, lifts the floor so much. Well, it's kind of funny you brought up like Luke's contract because next year Luke is supposed to get $14.4 million, And then you look at a guy like Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson's going to make $18.2 million That's next so year. insane. That's what I mean. The value for Kennard is crazy the thing that's tough though now that we're talking about the morris luke combo morris's contract is backloaded they did the opposite of what the nfl does where they backloaded his contract and he makes like 17 i think in the final year of it which makes things not crazy difficult but a little more difficult to trade morris i think so morris gets 16.4 next year and then 17.1 the year after so yeah he makes 17 
it's just half a mil. It's not like crazy, but. But you know what's funny is like we knew going in when they signed him to that deal, the back, at least the final year was going to be bad. Like you knew that's a bad year that, that you're just going to have to eat and you just deal with it because he was so good next to Kawhi and PG. But I don't think the deal's been bad. I feel, I feel like he's been good. I think he's been underappreciated by Clipper fans. Like same thing with Luke is like, I think they're easy targets just because of the type of players they are. But there's value there. And before we get into the trade stuff, you mentioned a certain French center, but that that center position brings us to Isaiah Hartenstein because he's a free agent. And the Clippers, unlike with Nick Batum, they don't have early bird rights with Hartenstein. And unlike Rocco, they don't have full bird rights. He's just flat out an unrestricted free agent. Now, they could re-sign him to a minimum deal or they could use either the full uh, taxpayer mid-level exception, which um, I believe is like six point. It's like six, eight. Yeah. 6.4 million. Yeah. It's 6.4 million. So they could give them either the entire 6.4 million or they could do what they did and have done for a couple years, which is split it between a couple guys. Like this past year, they split it between justice Winslow. And I want to say like Jason Preston, I believe, or something like that, or, Brandon Great. Boston, yeah. it might have been. I'll tell you what sounds weird. better right off the yeah. bat is just assigning Hartenstein to that <laughs> instead of splitting it yeah. between two $3 million contracts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and plus, the thing with the, with using the taxpayer mid-level is if you use that to sign him, it could run up to three years and $20 million. But that'd be a steal. He will not, he should him, not sign that. If Hartenstein signed a three year, $20 million contract, his agent should be fired. <laughs> Cause I think he's worth more than that. Do we think, is it so like with Hartenstein, that's crazy to me is there's obviously like Denver's got to figure something out. They need to make some moves. Like there's kind of a weird market for backup centers in the Western conference, this upcoming off season. Like we don't know what's happening with Aiton and the Suns. And like things like that, like Javel's going to be a free agent and the Nuggets had Hartenstein. And there's one very famous Reddit user who thought that Hartenstein would be the next Jokic. Um, so like it's kind it's not a free for all, but it's weird. I mean, only people who really follow like <laughs> the Clippers on a daily basis will think that, wow, there's really a feeding frenzy for backup centers we have to worry about. But it weirdly kind of is a reality. I don't. Do you think that the Clippers could get out bid for Hart? For that 6.8 or whatever it is? Yeah, I do. I think that if they run into a team who non-taxpayer mid-level is like, dude, we'll give you $8 million out of the 10, 10 point whatever it is for the, the non-taxpayer. 10. What if 10. it's a bad, million. stupid team? Like, what if the team's like, here's 10? Well, okay. Well, here's the thing. What if it's Charlotte? What if Charlotte just waltzes in and says, dude, we'll give you the non-taxpayer MLE, the full MLE, and... You're our starter. Damn. Hard inside next to Russ. How good would that be? Uh, no. Uh, okay. That's, we're not going to touch that right now. We're not going to touch that right now. No, that would be. I've, my first thought was I would feel happy for Hart, which I don't know what that means because he'd get a start with like Hart inside and LaMelo for some reason. That would be a good time. Like that's. There's lobs for days. The passing would be fun. Um, but you're right. Like that is something that's not completely out of the realm of possibilities at all. So 
with the taxpayer MLE, it can run up to three years. Um, you don't have to get the full three years. Okay. Just one of the years, I believe, has to be fully guaranteed. Like if, but if only one of the years is guaranteed, you have it has to be a player option on like year two. Okay. So if I were him, I would take the two year version. If there isn't a better offer, I would take the two year version with the player option on year two. Because he bets on himself. That's the thing about Hart that we fully know for sure. He bets on himself. Right. He So he bets on himself. Like in that scenario, he would bet on himself and would get early bird rights with the Clippers so they can do a two-year deal for like they've done with Reggie and might do with Nico. Like, so there's that. Or he does a two plus one. So he gets the player option on year three. So he just gets full bird rights. Either way, Ooh. if he takes the full three years with no player option, I think that's a steal for the Clippers, even at $20 million. Yeah, because he's effectively... Him and Zoo do different things. He's not as good as Zoo overall, but he's not wildly far away in terms of... He's 24 years old in like a week. Yeah. So he's still incredibly Him young. and Zoo, we would have like the youngest, like most quote-unquote up-and-coming center rotation if it was Zoo and Hart. And then... The thing that gets me with Hart is he's not ready for playoff basketball yet. And I think that was shown by the fact that he totaled 13 minutes between the two play-in games. But that also doesn't matter because we need, I said we're the Hurt contender team. We need guys to play. That's why Zoo's so viable. He plays every single game. Terrence played like every game except for one. But we need these guys who can soak up weird regular season minutes. And Hart is like the perfect backup regular season setter for this specific Clippers roster. He just fits. And like... The way that Ty talked about him, the way that Lawrence Frank talked about him uh, over, I think it's like now two weeks ago, where he took in like Lawrence's little uh, exit interview. Yeah. The one exit interview we got. Yeah. The one exit interview we got. He talks about Isaiah's journey and kind of talks about how the Clippers had to compete. They recruited, like he says, there's a world where he plays for Golden State. There's a universe that's not far away where Batum and Hartenstein play for Golden State. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence said they recruited him. And I believe the Brooklyn Nets were one of the teams that looked at him. Yeah. So, you know, like, like it, it's from that standpoint, they, they clearly wanted him. Sure. They clearly believed in him so much. He got the last roster spot. They believed in him even more to where they traded Serge Ibaka. Wow. There are some other things with that trade too, but yeah. Yeah, that we won't, we have, we do not have the time to discuss <laughs> yeah, that. No, we do not. <laughs> but they clearly believed in him so much to do all these things. I would be a little shocked if they didn't retain him. And if he didn't come back because of the way he's talked about everybody, the way they've talked about him and the fact they can just give him the MLE and just walk away. Yeah. And I mean, you look at, I mean, the lit lineup had like a weird little moment this season. Like, it was a lot of fun. And him and Terrence just, they make useful plays. If it's not scoring, if it's not defending, they make useful plays. They keep the ball moving with an extra pass. They make a smart cut, whatever. And I think, and Hartenstein thrives under competition. And if there's any idea that he could take the starting job from Zoo, they're not going to be making that far off in the same amount of money. Like if he gets the taxpayer MLE, he's making like, less than zoo or something like that. Or like not 
that much. So yeah, it's like, like a billion dollars less. It's not crazy, um, which is another reason why Zoo is so valuable for the Clippers because his contract is nothing and he doesn't care where he plays. So, like, if there's an idea that there's an actual competition for the starting spot, that makes Hart's game better. We saw when he was competing with Serge, he played better. Then Serge went away and it, the job was fully his for backup. And it was a little rough. And he kind of had to figure it out a little bit. But competition clearly makes Hart better. And if I love the idea of him and Zoo competing for a starting spot because that is a great position to be in if you're the Clips. I still think Zoo holds it down because of his defense and continuity. But it's just nice to have that fire for Hartenstein. And a coach who's not afraid to be like, we might change it up if things aren't working. So we're kind of in unison. You you have to bring back Batum. You have to bring back Roko. You bring back, <laughs> bring back everybody. How it kind of does. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody. But like, but, but from that standpoint, it's all, it's like, give them whatever they want and just kind of go with that. Because at the end of the day, you're already so far over the cap being a little bit over more over the cap and more into the tax ultimately isn't that big of a deal. No, if you care about that, you're a weirdo would be my advice to people. Yeah, Do yeah. not give a shit about that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless the Clippers had cap space and you're trying to preserve. Some yeah. Of it, then the maybe who cares? This yeah. is the year to spend like, <laughs> right. So that brings us to Amir coffee. Amir, I I wrote about him exp- uh, explicitly. Uh, it'll be out soon. Explicitly. Yeah, I, I, I might have used words wrong. <laughs> I don't know anymore. But I wrote about him. I wrote about the season he had, how important he was in the in the article, which will come out in the next couple of days. I said, if you just look at things objectively and you look at the season he had, he was probably one of the five most important and valuable Clippers through the season. Is that crazy? I don't know if that's crazy because so it's like Reggie Morris, Zoo Terrence. I, I think he's below because I think Roko's in there, even though he only played a little bit. But yeah, he's in that conversation. He's not as important as those first three. He's not important as those first four that I mentioned. Zoo playing every single game, Terrence playing every single game except for one, and then Reggie and Morris being our only individual scoring options. Like, but Amir. This season was so crazy. I think Amir's development gets kind of forgotten. I I agree with you. And I think what made him so valuable is there was that stretch in January where the Clippers played 18 games in 14 cities in 32 oh, that days. that was awful. They went eight and 10, which doesn't sound great, but considering PG no, was a, out for that phenomenal. entire time. Yeah. 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 PG was out for the entire time. Amir averaged like 18 a game. He was, he was incredible. Like he, like I wrote in the, when I, what I wrote was he salvaged their season by what he did in January. And it's one of the more remarkable stints that a Clippers had in recent history, considering what they're, what we perceive them to kind of be essentially. Sure. But for Amir, but for Amir, he is a restricted free agent. And the Clippers have his bird rights. So they can quite literally match any offer he gets and they could offer him whatever he wants. That's, that's, that's the thing at the end of the day. So my question so 16 to mil you, a year for Amir. <laughs> for everyone years. on 16 million and you could trade them. I mean, that's what the, that's what the Clippers are doing with their contracts. Everyone other than the top three guys in terms of Kawhi PG and the norm has a pretty high contract. Um, everyone else is like between 12 and 16, which is perfect. But no, uh, I guess I would, I don't know. How much would you give Amir? 
I think I would go. I, you know what's funny is I think I would go where the where the non taxpayer MLE is. I think I would go six million. I don't know. Would six million a year be too much? Yes. Well, actually, no. It's the it's the year for spending, and Amir is going to play real minutes the regular season. Give him seven. <laughs> Give him ten. Yeah, Give I don't 20. care. Who, yeah, like, who cares? Because um, <laughs> it's also a showcase for Amir, right? Like he gets to showcase what he can do on a really good roster and help out his next contract because he has probably one more big contract in him for what his trajectory is. Um, yeah, and. It, it just behooves him to come back kind of on whatever. Cause like, is he going to play on a team? He will get more playing time somewhere else probably, but he will not play on a team that is, has these expectations, right? Like the bucks aren't going to sign a mere coffee or like the Suns won't. So it's like, stay with the team that you can maybe get a ring on early in your career and show how you're a valuable piece to this team, which he, you're very much right. He's also one of the longest tenured Clippers, which is crazy to think about. In terms of how much he's yeah, played. Yeah, him, Terrence, and Zoo. Yeah. <laughs> well, Zoo is. Like, outright, I'm Zoo sure. is. Um, yeah, and then it's Amir and Terrence. And then PG are, and Kawhi. The same. Because <laughs> like, they yeah. came over. Um, so Wow, Amir Coffey's one of the three leaders? Who would have known? Yeah, crazy. Um, but no, I think I think six makes sense. Like, yeah, let's do it. He play, He does whatever we ask him to do. He's like a taller, skinnier Terrence in terms of what he brings to this team. So with Amir, here's, here's an interesting thing. Kawhi is absolutely not playing back-to-backs next year. He shouldn't. Not at all. Neither should PG. So let's, let's say neither one plays back-to-backs next year. Yeah. Well, although I think PG will try to, but he should not. Let's just say neither one plays for this. He should not, but let's, for the sake of argument, Neither one plays back-to-back, so they only play one game of a back-to-back each. That is a lot of time for Amir Coffee to get action. Sure, 100%. Not to mention the injuries that could happen. You know, you have to rest Nico some nights. You have to rest Rocco maybe some nights. You have to rest Marcus if he's still on the team some nights. Like, like this is next year, if you keep everybody, if you literally, if, if you do what we've talked about and you keep Nico, you keep Rocco, you keep Isaiah, you keep Amir, yeah. Added into the guys that added into the guys that they have, that's 14 guys. So there's an open roster spot. I'm not counting Rodney Hood. I'm I I'm sorry to Rodney Hood. I, I actually thought Rodney was fine. It's nothing against Rodney. Sure. Um but <laughs> this man said he's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's 14 guys. So it's PG, Kawhi, Marcus, Norm, Luke. Roko, Reggie, Zoo, Nico, Terrence, that's 10. Then Isaiah, Jason Preston, Brandon Boston, Amir. That's 14 guys. And then Scrub. So there's an open maybe. roster spot. Well, but but Scrub's on a two-way. Oh, that's Same right. thing with Well, this with is where we signed Blake, right? Oh, my. Oh, Bring God. Blake in, eight bucks a year or whatever it'll be. He can bring his fun vibes and almost championship experience. Blake's going to get paid in laugh factory chuckles. (laughs) I, the Blake thing is like my thing with the Blake thing. And this is a tangent is that if when people are like, I purely want this from a nostalgia perspective, I'm like, cool. I'm fine. I understand that. But when people start to talk about how he could really help this team out basketball wise, I'm like, I don't think you're right at all. (laughs) That's not true. What you're saying. (laughs) 
and it's nothing against him. Like, personally, no. it's nothing against him. It, it's just... If Blake is playing substantial minutes next season for the Clippers team, we're fucked. <laughs> like, that's what that means. <laughs> I just I just wouldn't like it because... Personally, I just don't see how he fits. Like, like, like seriously. He's a tiny five. His best position... Okay, thank you. So his best position right now is a five. A small ball five. Why would you have him... When you could literally just play Roko or Nico. Yeah, or Morris or like any, or Terrence, anybody. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, you could even play a beer and it would be fine. Yeah, why not? Against the Jazz for sure. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, t- you know what? I want to say this real quick before we start the trade stuff. Uh, Utah Jazz, I, I think, I think it's going to get kind of glossed over a lot, but Utah, the last six years, they suck. Has the third best? They have the third best record in basketball in the last three in the last six years. The only teams better were Milwaukee and Toronto, <laughs> but they both won a wing. So, that, so here's the thing. Now we're gonna start talking about trades, and this is you and I got excited when we when we talked about the guys who who are on the possible trade list. So let's start it off with with the tall French center that we we've sure. talked about and kind of danced around. Uh, let, let me let me ask you, if it was up to you. All right, I'm the GM. Don't don't look at who you're at to give up. Sure. Would you take Rudy Gobert on the Clippers for next season? We're already the most hated team in the league, so there's not a whole lot to be lost in that sense by trading one of the most hated for one of the most hated players in the league for a variety of reasons. But I would take Rudy Gobert on this Clippers team. It means we keep Batum because there's no way Batum is leaving if Rudy Gobert is on this team. And a change of scenery. Imagine moving from Utah to Los Angeles. Imagine how much better your life is. Not living in Utah. You could probably finally find French food. Yes. Like, he could bring the bees or whatever. Like, Gobert on this Clippers team makes us a defensive lineup that is... There's no evidence of it yet because we have had a little sample size of two and three together. But, like, it makes this team unbelievable in the defensive end with a coach who can make who can bring that out of everybody. And I, it's just, yeah, I would take Gobert on this Clippers team. Every, no one's scoring more than, like, 110 points a game against us, which in the new NBA is, like, when the – Pistons held everyone below 80 or whatever that insane stretch was in the early thousands. <laughs> when the Pistons were playing final games that ended like 70-65. The season that they won that chip, I'm pretty sure it was 10 games in a row they held, or some absurd under 80 or some shit, where it's just like, great if you're a Pistons fan, but imagine watching that game as a visiting fan. Just like, we scored 78 points. <laughs> like, that, I mean, I don't know, I'm not saying we would be that good or anything, but and the modern version of basketball, that defensive possibility is incredible. I also look at it like Rudy would be on a Clippers team that actually has people who give a shit about defense. Yes. They're not fake, weird offensive players that like only try on that one end. Like they, the team likes, yeah, likes playing defense and has, yeah, it just, it weirdly makes too much sense if the Clippers are going to make a giant swing. So I don't know if they're going to trade for Rudy Gobert. Personally, I would love Rudy Gobert on the Clippers. I don't... Yes, people can poo-poo on him as a person. I, I I get it. 
He's easy to poke fun yeah, at. Yeah, he's a dumbass. He's so is this... Paul George. It's like they put their foot in their mouths. Like, it's just what happens. Some people just do that. <laughs> like... Yeah, I mean, look, I say dumbass stuff all the time. I'm sure people hate me. I don't think you said anything it's stupid easy. as driver's seat or touched a bunch of microphones after joking about COVID and then the COVID outbreak happened. So these guys are on a different yeah. level of putting That's... their foot in their mouths. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a lot to live up to. Yes, but it just fits though, right? Like you trade off because I don't even like Utah. I don't even, I don't know what Utah thinks of this trade because the trade is what? Zoo, Morris, Luke. And the 2027 yeah, and like or whatever it is, the 2026. I think it's like 2028. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's like right. some pick. It's a seventh grader somewhere. Do they even say yes to that? I don't know. Like what if someone I, like, offers honestly, them two I, first round picks and like, you know what I mean? Like that's. Yeah. So I do think there's better offers. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think like, oh, this Utah would be insane. Not that. Yeah. Except, no. Like there's going to be better. It's kind offers. of a win now offer though. Like it's like you're getting three dudes who can immediately start on that Utah team. So that's what I think the thinking would have to be for Utah to do it is we've never been bad, like outright bad. Like they're one of the winningest franchises in NBA history. Like we've never been a lot of good. That's done. I mean, when Gordon, when Gordon Hayward left Donovan Mitchell came in and they were still a winning basketball team, still made the playoffs. Yeah. So like they've never had, a con- like first, like never had like five or six years in the gutter, just just slumming it with the Kings yeah. and teams like and that. the Clippers. Sorry, sorry <laughs> Kings fans. Yeah, and the Clippers. Yeah, or the Timberwolves. Like yeah. teams who have been historically bad. Like they've been incredible. So, from that standpoint, I think it could make sense for them because they get a center to replace them who's good and young and could be re-signed to a, a an easy team friendly deal. Yeah. They get um Luke who's under contract for two more years same with Marcus and Luke is an absolutely absurd three-point shooter best in the league this past season. He fits their team. He yeah, they need yes. And they don't and it's it's not one of those three-point shooters that Utah has who's kind of good but like you know you know it's he's not that good. No, good. like he's actually and the U- yeah, exactly. The Utah fan base, something tells me, would really like Luke Kennard. Not qu- not quite sure That's why. That's all I'm saying, yeah. And with Marcus, I know Marcus famously said no one wants to go to Utah. Sure, which is true. But but also, Marcus fits them. Another stretch four. He and Bogey can play next to each other, even though they're going to be bigger fours, and can play small ball. Yeah, true. No, he's not a great defensive center, but you can space the floor with him. So now I'm not saying this is the picture perfect deal for Utah. Charlotte is probably going to come out of left field. They need a center. I know we joked about Hartenstein getting the non-taxpayer MLE from them, but Rudy Gobert makes a lot of sense for Charlotte. They have the contracts that they could send it, uh, that they could send to Utah. They have picks, et cetera. Hilariously, John Hollinger wrote about it today. And one of the things he writes in it is, one of the ironic parts about Rudy Gobert to Charlotte is Gordon Hayward would probably go back oh, to that, Utah. That is really funny. Yeah. What a nightmare. <laughs> and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think I kind of need that to that see what great. the reaction no, would be. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing but the worst for Utah. All right. So also on the, so we're both in on the Rudy Gobert thing. Although the likelihood of it is so small. probably very minuscule. Yeah. Um, 
the other names that we that we talked about off air, we're going to discuss them really quick here. John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks. Now, like Rudy Gobert, the one thing we didn't talk about with Gobert was his contract. Gobert has another four years and $170 million. Crazy contract. It's a, that's a lot. They super maxed him. They probably never had to, but they still did it anyways. But John Collins had four years, has John Collins himself has four years, 102 million. I don't know. I don't know if people really give a shit about this, but it's like $70 million cheaper than Rudy Gobert. Not the defensive player sure. that Gobert is obviously, but has offensive upside. He's been a good three-point shooter, very athletic. Does John Collins interest you? I mean, so what's that trade look like? Zoo Morris? Probably Zoo Kennard. If you're the Hawks, right? You probably want Kennard to be catching passes from Trey Young. Um, a guy who can actually make threes would probably be nice for them. Yeah, so it's like Zoo, Luke... I don't know what the package. I don't know what the trade looks like, right? Like, I don't know about that. That feels like a, a like a mid level move that I think would come back to kind of bite the clips because it doesn't make us worldly better than losing those two guys for Collins. So here's the interesting John Collins thing, right? If you trade for John Collins and you give up Marcus Morris, yeah, Collins is your four, right? I don't like, but. That. But if you go small, he's your five. Okay. And he's young, so we actually could lean on him for the minutes. Yeah. Um, Now, in the list of the four guys we're going to talk about, Collins is the one guy I'm just like, I would like him. I don't see how he makes sense, though. Yeah, I don't see, like, I can't imagine Collins out there in playoff crunch time not getting, like, yelled at by Kawhi or something like that. He would get the Reggie Jackson, I didn't pass you the ball for that shit treatment. Right, but it'd be for defense, which is a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so the next guy up is Miles Turner. Now, Miles Turner has one year left Dude, on his people deal. People want this so bad. What Clippers happened? fans have been talking about Miles Turner for the Clippers fans have been talking about Miles Turner for the last like five years <laughs> and bringing him to the Clippers team. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, Miles Turner, one year, $17.5 million. The deal would have to be like Marcus and actually not even Marcus. It'd have to be like zoo and someone else. It's a very weird deal to get to, to, to get to him because like Marcus straight. I mean, Reggie makes 11. Yeah. But it's like, if you get to my, to get to Miles's number, it's like, you have to give up zoo and like a couple other guys who don't make much, which is like Terrence. And, but even Terrence doesn't make enough to bridge the gap. And we need Terrence so bad. Yeah. So like, but to get to my, it's like, okay. So Marcus from miles works straight up, but Indiana's not doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No way. So here's one then Marcus and zoo for miles and TJ McConnell. <sighs> yeah. I'm not mad at that idea. We get a legitimate backup point guard who plays kind of clippersy basketball. He's like a hard-nosed guy who's like pretty much just a pure point. Um can't shoot threes but can shoot the hell out of the ball from inside 15 feet. Threes. Sometime on Twitter, one time on Twitter someone was arguing with me that TJ McConnell actually could shoot threes if he was getting them on the Clippers. I was like, I don't see how this logic works at all. But listen, when he's banging home half his threes um, next year, you know? Yeah, right. Um I would I would like that more than 
than the Collins move, I guess. But Turner is Turner's kind of a hurt guy. Correct. So, like, that's what sucks is a lot of these trade targets. I think you're going to bring up the king of the hurt trade targets next. But, yeah. like, a lot of these guys are hurt guys, and we don't need any more hurt guys. Speaking of hurt guys, let's talk, yeah. about, <laughs> let's talk about Miles Turner's uh, teammate whose injury history reads like a George R.R. R. Martin novel. This thing is honestly impressive. Malcolm it's Brogdon. It's so long. It's, it's incredibly yeah. long. I don't want any part of this at all. Oh, we don't have a track record of making guys like we did wonders with Gallo when he got hurt and then he came back and he was good. And like Bev, we did a pretty good job on, but Reggie, we can't give up a bunch of sure. Reggie, we can't give up a bunch of capital for Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. So you're just completely out on Malcolm Brogdon. I'll say he's got three years, three years, $68 million left. Um, he couldn't, no way he was unable to get traded this past off or this past season because Last offseason, he signed an extension, and that made him uh, untra- like the, he just wasn't allowed to be traded during the season. The funny part is, yeah. if they didn't sign him to that extension, odds are he would have been moved either last offseason or during the season. So, like, right, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the irony of that. But so you don't want any part of him? Not at all. I don't. We just can't. We can't have the guys who need to soak up regular season minutes hurt in the regular season. That, that's like, fair. It just, we can't have Reggie play the most minutes on the team. We can't have Terrence play the second most minutes. Like, which even with PG and Choir healthy is not out of the realm of possibilities in terms of total minutes based on how many games they actually play. So like, I just want to run it back and just have the guys that we know are maybe going to miss some games. Like the thing that I, one of the pros of kind of trading away Morris is that his ramp up periods have gotten longer and longer. Right. Since he's been on the Clippers to get from like looking super creaky and slow to looking fine. And it feels like that that bar is getting lower every year that we have him. So if we could move Marcus, you know, the dream is like what we trade Marcus for someone younger and better. Right. I don't know if that's possible, but just someone who's not hurt is all I'm asking. I agree with you. Um, The interesting part, and this is why a Brogdon trade is actually kind of interesting to me. All we've heard about is, Clippers need a backup point guard. Clippers need a backup point guard. But what That's if the actually an- true now? It, 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 so here's the thing. What if the answer to backup point guard is Reggie Jackson? And who's first? So like if you trade for Brogdon. No, well, hold on. If you tra- say you trade Luke and something, say you trade Luke and something else and yeah. you get Brogdon. Brogdon's your starter. Reggie's your backup. And what you've th- kind of traded away in Luke is Norm is now your backup shooting guard. Yeah, which he can do a lot more offensively. So in essence, you're just swapping out Malcolm into a starting role and taking Reggie and making him the bench point guard, but you're really only kind of losing Luke and whatever else you give up. Now, I don't know if this makes... I I don't know if it makes complete sense, but rationale-wise, that's where I lean to why a Brogdon trade would make sense. Now... End of the day, for a team that led the league in value loss due to injuries this season, right? I'm not sure Brogdon is the guy that you kind of pin your trade hopes on. We can't, yeah. He's a hell of a player. I, I love him as a player. Very good, very good player. Very nice to watch. Sure, yeah, when he's healthy. 
seems like an, a great person. Um, like NBA, MBPA, like president or whatever the hell he is now. Yeah, I don't care about him. Yeah, that. I don't yeah. give a crap about that. <laughs> uh, so, like, it's funny because, like, from that standpoint, it's like if you had Chris Paul, but, like, who was always injured. And, like, like you know what I mean? So it's kind of funny from that point of view. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I think out of the four guys, is Rudy the most intriguing just because of the upside? <laughs> In terms of the upside and the complete chaos that would come about of trading for Rudy Gobert. I welcome it 100%. I'm here. We have no idea what the Clippers front office is ever going to do, but I'm here for the most chaotic version of that possible. I'm here for desperate Lawrence Frank, not calculated Lawrence Frank. Like, I want, like, going, like, uh, yeah, like, just Howard Hughes-level Lawrence Frank this offseason. Like, let's just go crazy. I need Lawrence Frank at 3 in the morning just cold-calling GMs asking for things to trade. Somehow hires Quinn Snyder and Frank Vogel as assistant coaches. Like, by, like, yeah, like, let's do it. Has a 27-person <laughs> assistant coach staff. And they're, yes. like, their meetings are just, like, movies, like, long as movies. Is there a rule on how many assistant coaches you can have? I don't think there is. I, I From what I remember, there's not a rule. Like, you can have as many as you like want. Like, I'm sure on, I'm sure, like, on the bench you can't have everyone. But you could have, you could have, like, 15 assistant coaches. I think you could have like twenty thousand assistant coaches. That should Let's just be the it. crowd. Like like during Lawrence timeouts, Frank. everyone I hope we trade fil- for Gobert. Yeah, like during timeouts, no, everyone filters like down from the crowd. Like assistant coaches. Yes, yeah. it's an it's a crowd effect. It's everything. Let's just lose our minds next year as the Clippers. It, it, speaking of assistant coach, it is going to be interesting to see. I guess what changes happen on the Clippers bench because last off season they lost Kenny Atkinson to Golden State. They lost Roy Rogers and Chauncey Billups to Portland. I'm trying to remember if they lost someone else. I can't really remember, but um, yeah, like, so I don't know. They replaced all those guys, but that doesn't mean that other guys are not going to get job. Like Dan Craig might get a head coaching job somewhere. I don't know. For sure. Yeah. And like, I mean, Sean fine. Like, I hope we keep him like, yeah, we, and the Kenny Atkinson loss was weird too. Cause he just left to be like uh, the same position kind of for golden state. Um, was he? I thought he got. I thought he got like a promotion. I thought it was just like kind of a quasi title change, and he was just still. But no, we need to keep everybody. Let's just run everybody back or trade for Rudy Gobert. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I've hit two extremes. Listen, at the end of the day, I want chaos. I need to wake yes. up at like three in the morning, completely glossy eyed, and just read a Woj tweet about something that doesn't make any sense. Kyrie opts out and comes with the Clippers for a min just to put the league on their head. Okay. No, 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 no. Don't put that in the universe, please. <laughs> I don't, I don't need that in the universe right now. Give me Kyrie on a min all day. Um, oh John God. Wall on a min. Okay. You know what? I wasn't going to talk about him, but I wrote about him last week real quick. We'll end it on this. If he gets bought out, would you take John Wall as the 15th guy backup point guard? Oh, in in a heartbeat. <laughs> The 15th guy? Yes. A thousand times yes. Would you take him as the number one guy? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, you know, he can teach Preston how to, I don't know, dunk really sweet. Like, it would be, it'd be fun. It'd be fun, if anything. I don't know. Maybe I'm just exhausted from still covering the Clippers, but it would be, I mean, well, I mean, come on. That's a fun time. I don't see the downside of John Wall. Now, now here's the, th- okay. So here's the funny one. 
we talked earlier about splitting the MLE between Isaiah and another player. Yeah. Do you think you could get away with splitting it between Isaiah and John Wall? <laughs> I mean, probably, because that's probably the most someone's going to offer him. You know what player I actually do want on a man who didn't play for a team because he had higher aspirations is Drogic. Bring Drogic in on a man. That's such a great callback, by the way. <laughs> he didn't. He said he didn't want to play for the Raptors because he had like higher aspirations and his team gets swept. But like, bring Drogic in on a man. He's not signing anything more than that. Like, I'm fine with that. Have our 15th guy be a hurt guy. And I don't know if he'll return to Brooklyn after everything that happened. Yeah, like, Drogic or Goran for the 15th, or Drogic or Wall for the 15th spot on a bit. Colin and Lawrence. I feel like we've talked so much about the offseason, and there's so many more (laughs) months to go. I love. And there's only 170 days until basketball starts. Yay! By the way, I'm going to end it on this. Uh, I'm currently, I currently have uh, Grizzlies Timberwolves playing, and they're in the fourth quarter. They just showed on the camera. Latrell Sprewell is in attendance. Nice shout out, Latrell. I don't know who's doing the game, but I really hope Jeff Van Gundy's. It's in. in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Chuck, where That's can people find you and find the podcast? Uh, you can find the podcast over on at locked on clips on Twitter. We are coming at you five days right during the off season. What do we talk about? You'll have to listen to find out. You can find my Twitter at Charles Mockler. I'm much more formal on Twitter. Um, no Chucks, nothing like that. Uh, yeah, you can, uh, I tweet mostly about, random jokes and the Ross store franchise being worth $35 billion just blows my mind. But yeah, that's uh, that's where you can find me on social. I will say that there are several Ross uh, stores near me. So that actually doesn't floor me. $35 billion. 35 billion is a little high. I would have probably said like 20. That's high for all the Rosses. <laughs> I don't know. They're all selling Ross- the same thing. Yeah. I don't know how many Ross stores there are though. There's probably like, what like 500 600 so i mean think about la there's one on hollywood and western there's one downtown there's two i guarantee you there's one holy in like santa, crap like santa Monica. there's a there, lot man there are 443 raw stores in california alone i'm telling you there's like it's insane and you know what i bet they don't pay taxes but that's for a different episode there are 1500s raw stores in 37 united states are 37 U.S. states, the District of Columbia, and Guam. Oh, my. You know what? $35 billion might make sense. Wait, so happen. almost a third of them? Almost are a third of them are in California? Yeah. Damn. Another thing that California gets right. <laughs> All right. Chuck, thank you for joining. <laughs> thank you for having me. You're welcome, man. I'll try to see everybody in about a week or so. Everybody take it easy. Chuck, take it easy. Everybody, we'll see you later.